What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. My name is Emily, and I am Mr. Banner, happily teaching his junior biology class. And I'm Paige. I am a student, also in the junior biology class, watching Edward Cullen break off a piece of his desk. And you're listening to Tuesday's Arbor Twilight. What's up, Paige? How's it going today? Happy New Year, everybody. This is crazy because we're recording this in 2020. You are hearing it in 2021. So we are like time traveling right now. Science is amazing. <laughs> How are you today? I'm really good. I I got, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I got a nice Target gift card from my mom and dad for Christmas. So I went to Target today fully planning on grocery shopping and I bought all snacks and I've been eating the snacks. You deserve that. A gift card, you know, a gift card is for you. It's for it's for pleasure. I bought some conditioner. I needed some. So at least there was that. Yeah, that's good. I got a $50 um, H&M gift card for my birthday, and that thing is burning a hole in my damn wallet. I am about to fucking turn up and go because here's the problem. I've lost 35 pounds in 2020, so literally none of my clothes fit at all. Zeet. Zeet is right. So I've been wearing jeans that are two sizes too big for me since March. It's getting bad. So I gotta go. But anyway. My mom, um, and I, I mean this, I, I don't mean this negatively at all. I She got me a pair of jeans for Christmas. And so I, I opened up the, you know, the gift and it's jeans I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I, I'm a thick-thighed woman. I any other person out there who has thick thighs know the struggle of literally burning a hole in the middle just from the friction of your thighs rubbing together. I go through like three jeans a year basically. So, I always happily take new pants as a gift. That is like thank you cuz pants are freaking expensive, especially jeans. Denim is an expensive thing. So, I open it up I'm like, "Oh my gosh, thank you." And then as I'm like I'm rotating the package, I see it's a size 8 and right now I'm wearing size 10, so I'm like, "Well, you know, maybe I can like maybe I can finesse it, you know, like maybe it'll be fine." And so my mom's like, "Oh, try them on, like make sure they fit, you know, if not we can return them." And I open them up and I'm looking at the cut of these jeans and I'm like, I'm not feeling good about it. And of my body, the like apex of my thighs, I guess. I don't know. There, I have basically a pear shape and there's a point in my thighs that is literally the widest of my body. And I got to that point and I was like, oh no, these, are, <laughs> these do not fit me. I got them over that hump, but I couldn't even pull the zipper up even a millimeter it was like I was like mom I'm sorry these don't fit and she was like show me I'm like do you want to see my crotch because it's fully out right now I can't it's a new style page <laughs> I you know I I'm not I don't want to make flashing a new thing I don't I don't want to do that so were you able to switch them out or you haven't yet my my mom said that she would she would return them and keep me posted. So I was like, if you can get a size 10 or 12, like, because the cut itself, I don't even know if a 10 would fit me. It was like a weird, like really tight on the hips kind of cut. And like I said, the hips are my widest area. So I'm like, I feel like like a size up is what I need. So I'm like, if you can get a larger size, I'll wear them. But if you can't, like, just return them. Just keep the money. Like, don't don't even try I would like to know why in the year of our Lord 2021, 
we still have not as a society figured out how to make pants for women. Like it's, why is it so fucking hard? Like there's different body types and put pockets on the fucking pants. Here's the thing. I'm a diabetic woman and I have an insulin pump. I, I literally need pants with pockets because I have a medical device that needs to go in a pocket. Yeah. If anyone needs pockets, it's you. I've gone through a lot of like, changes in my body type probably like three major ones in my life but what has stayed consistent is the fact that I have soccer legs aka my jeans are always fucking tight in my thighs because my thighs are huge and I'm proud of that and they're like big in my wings what can't we figure this out Yeah, I think another problem for me as a woman who's approximately the size of a fourth grader is that I have the waist and the hips of a mother of two, but the leg length of, like I said, a fourth grader. I am 5'0", so they just don't make pants in that dimension. I have to special order my pants every time I need them because I need short pants, but I also need the wide pants, okay? (laughs) You do not have the waist of a mother of two. Stop. I have those Viking birthing hips. I mean, it's just what I have. <laughs> and this has been Emily and Paige tirades. <laughs> On another note, we read the first chapter of Midnight Fucking Sun. Turn up. I gotta know, Paige. Just in general, what's your impression of this chapter? But also, what's your overall first impression of Edward's like narrative voice versus what you were expecting? I know that's like three questions. Please answer them all in MLA format. Okay. So, in my opinion, Midnight Sun, parentheses, Meyer, comma, 2019. <laughs> 2020, I think. Oh, okay. Um, it was exactly what I was expecting from Edward's voice. Exactly to a T. Exactly how I was imagining this book was going to sound. I, and this may come as a shock to everyone, I really liked it. I, I know that he's dramatic and like, I was expecting it. So it wasn't like gag worthy to me. I just really loved having the opposite point of view for all of the characters that I want to know more about like I still don't know a lot about Alice I still don't know a lot about Emmett I still don't really know a lot about Carlisle or Edward for that matter but just getting their point of view I really really loved it having more of the supernatural side of it I really loved it um there were a lot of things like immediately answered that like we had questions for from the last book that just immediately it was just like oh yeah that's that's that. So I I actually really enjoyed the first chapter and I'm excited to read the rest. I am pleasantly surprised. I thought you were going to hate it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't I still don't necessarily care for Edward as a character, but I knew what I was getting myself into coming into this book. So like him as his own person, I'm just like, "Nah." But like <laughs> but the content of what's going on and like like his point of view and what he's bringing to the table I'm excited to see what more is coming (laughs) yeah I am too I'm honestly excited because I feel like I read this so fast when it came out in god time is immaterial 
May or whatever. So I'm very excited to see what goes down. Maybe it was August. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Do you remember when I texted you? Maybe maybe I called or I don't even remember. But I was like, um, I heard something about like a new Twilight book. And you were like, excuse me? And I was like, yeah, I just saw like a countdown or something. And you were like, oh, I bet it's Midnight Sun. Like you knew exactly what it was before I you knew anything about it. And yep. I was just, I don't even know what that means. But I just saw something about Twilight. So I just figured I'd text you. <laughs> Yes, Paige is always, she's been looking out before this podcast was even a germ of an idea. She's, she's, we've got shooters out here, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right in. So this okay. chapter is called. Before we even get into the chapter. Yeah. I just want to start with the cover. Mm. Because I know ladies and gents and all those in between. You're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but I'm going to. <laughs> I, so, you know, looking at the last book and like with the last book too, um, the back of my Twilight book has the images for all of the other books, book covers on it. So I can like compare those with the other ones and kind of see like, oh, this one has chess pieces on it. Like, oh, I wonder what that's going to mean. Like this and that. But Midnight Sun is so new that they didn't have it printed on that book. So I had no idea what to even expect for this book. Okay. So for those who don't know, Midnight Sun has basically half a pomegranate cut in half. You can see the pomegranate seeds basically oozing out. I I love it. I hate it. I I don't know. But two things come to mind. I don't know how you feel about it, but when I think pomegranates, I think sensual. Like pomegranates mm-hmm. are a fruit that immediately I think I don't necessarily think aphrodisiac, but like that kind of a vibe. You know, it's a it's a sensual fruit. It reminds me of lust. It reminds me of like sexiness it's it literally has dripping juice on the bottom so I mean everyone knows Twilight has a very sexy aura to it but I think it also has a very gore element to it 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 you think sexy but I think another thing it makes me think of like viscera it like it makes me think of anatomy so you get sexy, but you also get guts. And I'm like, that's exactly, that's Twilight summed up. Sexy and also blood. This is what you are tuning in for, folks. This kind of analysis. Once again, whatever it is I'm bringing to the table. (laughs) But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I had never thought of a like biological aspect of it. Um, That's just not something that even cross my mind, but I've told pages and I'll say it again, like this pomegranate looks like a vagina. Like it just does. That's the energy it has to me, which I'm like, pretty scandy, Miss Meyer, but okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes for you. Um, did you, I know you had really enjoyed the quote on the back of the Twilight book. How'd you feel about the quote on the back of this one? I didn't even read it. I'll read it right now. Okay. Read it in live reaction. <clears throat> I can't sleep. I murmured, answering her question more fully. She was silent for a moment. At all, she asked. Never, I breathed. As I met her penetrating gaze, penetrating, read the surprise and the sympathy there, I abruptly yearned for sleep, not for oblivion, as I had before, not to escape boredom, but because I wanted to dream. Maybe if it could be 
unconscious. If I could dream, I could live for a few hours in a world where she and I could be together. She dreamed for me. I wanted to dream for her. She stared back at me, her expression full of wonder. I had to look away. I could not dream of her. She should not dream of me. So Edward. So dramatic. I, 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 it's exactly what I picture is going on in Edward's mind. This is exactly, ex see, I, we're going to talk about this later, but Stephanie really, really was able to change her POV from a completely different person. This sounds literally exactly like how I imagine Edward thinks in his head. So I'm, you nailed it, Steph. You did it. <laughs> I'm really shook about how like much of a grasp you seem to have on Edward's like inner monologue without ever having read it before. Like I feel like you just have a really good sense of his character. I just I've been judging him so hard in the past book. I feel like I'm just hypercritical now that I'm just like, oh yeah, Edward. Mm-hmm. Heard of him. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Do you have any additional introductory thoughts before we jump in? I wanna know before I mean, this book, you read this book as an adult. This, your first impression of this book was as an adult. How, well, part how, of it. Part of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, how did, how did, you don't know spoilers, obviously, but how did this book hold up for you as an adult versus Twilight as a child? I feel like I'm going to get haters for this, but... I loved this book. Like, I really liked it. I found it, like, very compelling, um, like, flipping through the pages as fast as I could to get, you know, the next bit of information. Um, at the same time, I see, you know, that it was very clearly published in 2020, and Stephanie Meyer was trying feebly to write some of the wrongs that she had in her original story. Um, that is a little bit transparent to me. I mean... I don't even want to say A for effort because it's like you still didn't, you know, do anything about the Native American tribe you completely exploited. But um, yeah, I really like it. I think it's a, an interesting piece of literature. Nice. Yeah. And I kind of already, I will actually indicate to you the point, because I know exactly where it was, where the leaked bit came out that I read back then. Um, but it was probably the first... 200 pages, I would say. Um, so a good two thirds of it I hadn't read yet, but I think I was I was prepared for what his voice and kind of affect was going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyways, all right, should we jump in? Let's freaking do it. I already told Emily this, but this is the most notes I've ever taken for any chapter on anything. So I'm ready to discuss. You might be carrying the team here because I didn't have that many notes. I don't know. Maybe because this particular chapter, I mean, it, it changed very little from the leaked version. It's almost exactly the same, so I've read it a bunch of times. But anyways, so the first chapter is called First Sight, which is the same thing it's called in Twilight. And it opens with Edward bitching about high school, which let me just let me just get this out there right now. Paige and I have already talked about this, but it's like, why are you in high school then? You all could appear to be in college or even, like, adults and have real jobs, probably. Why are you subjecting yourself to high school? I know they're like, then we can stay longer. I'm like, okay, stay longer or be in high school. Pick what? 
you argue they could stay longer? I mean, obviously, I mean, not obviously, I'm just assuming there's no college in Forks, but Edward drives 800 miles per hour. He could get to the nearest even community college in probably 15 seconds. Yeah. I think it's arguably easier to be a college student because like at the college that I attended, I'm just gonna take a stab. There's probably at any given 30 minute interval, 200 to 300 different classes going on you could you could sit in anything learn any new thing you know I know you've been alive for 108 years Edward but you still have things that you could learn I bet I bet there's still things you don't know I think it would be easier to live life as a college person so yeah why are you complaining about the boredoms of high school like go live your life as a college student. I bet that would be more interesting and you could live more discreetly. Tell me though, tell me the person who sat next to you in your 200 person lecture on calculus. Can you do that? No, I couldn't tell you a single person in any of my lectures. He could live under the radar so easily, any of them. And I'm like, why don't you learn every language there is in the world? That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Whatever. <laughs> So Edward's just kind of going off about how bored he is, how he can read everyone's minds, but it's all so boring. Blah, 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 boring. The amount of times this motherfucker says boring. I wrote on the very first page towards the bottom. Um, he's talking about, like, what people are thinking and all this and that. And he says... Half the sheep-like males were already imagining themselves infatuated with her, meaning Bella. And I'm just like, I hate that you used that phrase. Um, why are you speaking incel? I, I, I hate it. I, Edward, come on. I know, not that I know you're better than that, but you have to be better than that. Yes, he's a sheeple person. <sighs> I'm just saying. That's my only response. My very first note for the entire book was page one. Edward coming out of the gates dramatic. <laughs> yes. I mean, the first line is, this was the time of day when I most wished I were able to sleep high school. <laughs> or was purgatory the right word? Purgatory <laughs> being italicized. God. So dramatic. I don't know why, but he has a British accent in my head sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. The way he talks is so fancy. I, Americans don't talk fancy. They don't. No. Think of, we invented the word mayonnaise, probably. I don't know. <laughs> so random. Okay, so then he kind of goes into what his family is talking about. What did you think of his assessment of his family and what they were saying and kind of how he talks about them? Let's go one by one. Rosalie. I mean, I don't really, I mean, I don't know a lot about Rosalie yet. I, coming out of the gate, I don't have a lot of compassion for her, just coming out of what I've read about her in Twilight. So seeing Edward's very callous description of her is not surprising. And I, I think that it's, I don't want to say astute, but it makes sense for what I know so far. Yeah, I would say put a pin in it because... I feel like I learned so much about Rosalie from this book in defiance of what Stephanie Meyer wanted me to do because Edward is kind of like this the whole time about her. And I'm like, you know what? 
I choose to see beyond it. But we'll see what you think. Rosalie is a character that I, I'm holding out for. Like, I think that she's being painted as a bad guy to reveal more things later. Like, I think they're trying to set you up to not like her so that more things can be revealed later. So I'm not, I'm, I want, I want to like her, but going off of what I only know right now, it, they've only given her negative descriptors and negative lines that she said to Bella so it's like the only thing I have in my mind right now is the negative so I'm I'm just waiting for more information to come out yes definitely it's totally fair um that you're in that position what did you think of Emmett I love it my very next note was that I love Emmett that's all I wrote page two I love Emmett (laughs) yeah he's just thinking about um how he lost a wrestling match and he wants a rematch and Edward even says like he never feels bad reading Emmett's thoughts like he does with everyone else's because Emmett's gonna say anything in there anyway so and I, I love that like just being someone who's just so open and unafraid to voice exactly what they're thinking like I I wrote something else about another character I bet you can guess that I love this other character too but Emmett and this other character are the only two characters that I'm like I will die for them <laughs> I bet it was Angela I'm not going to say yes, and I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Um, And then he kind of moves away from this frame of thought because he realizes that Jasper is struggling because they haven't hunted in a while. And then um, him and Alice have this kind of like, not telepathic, but kind of, I mean, telepathic one way, um, where Alice asks Edward if he's okay. And without like drawing attention to him, he, to himself, he just kind of lets her know that, yeah, he'll be fine. Um, I feel like Edward's kind of high and mighty about Jasper and like his struggles. And I'm like, it's just, and maybe this was intentional by Stephanie Meyer, but it just, it becomes almost not comical, but kind of ironic in light of what's about to happen where he's like, Jasper's so weak. He shouldn't push himself. It's dumb to push yourself. You should just go hunting because you'll never be as good as at this as me. And then he like almost kills an entire classroom. <laughs> I'm thinking that music that they play in like the 20s or like the 30s was like <laughs> I'm thinking that SpongeBob song is like Yes, I know exactly what. <laughs> Our listeners hate us. Okay. Can um, I can I just pause and then quickly go back to page one for just like a, a really quick thing yeah always I think it's I think it's super in a little interesting but like if you think back on Twilight when Bella sees the Cullens for the first time she's like not necessarily infatuated with them but she's like wow they're hot like oh Edward oh my gosh who's that red-haired boy like oh my gosh like she immediately like finds them very appealing to look at her eyes are drawn to them like she there's a a connection basically but when Bella is introduced to Edward because he sees her through other people's thoughts basically so he hasn't necessarily seen her himself but he's seen her through other people's thoughts and he's not interested at all like he, he it's not like a love at first sight thing like he he thinks of her just as a regular person, just like, oh yeah, I've seen her face a million times. And I just think that's super interesting knowing what I know that like 
it's not a two-way street with that like I saw her and she was beautiful and she saw him and he was beautiful like she was just a regular person to him at first so definitely interesting to see where the rest of this is gonna go yeah I have to be honest I'm kind of caught in between like of two minds about this whole situation because it feels very overdone to me at times where he's like just an ordinary girl and you'll see I this is kind of a spoiler but I'm going for it he refers to Bella as girl for a long time as opposed to her name which really bothered me reading this book and so that feels a little bit over the top to me that Stephanie Meyer was kind of exaggerating being like he didn't care about her at first he didn't care about her at first or whatever but also it would have been corny as fuck if he was like oh my god she's so beautiful so like I don't know what I wanted (laughs) I don't know what the ideal is but I don't like either yeah definitely I didn't know that part to it if I if I if it if it was like he didn't know her and then like he got to know her and was like oh my gosh like amazing that would be great but knowing that the, there's this very detached I'm referring to you as like an not an item but like not a person like just a generic thing I don't like that one bit I well that note, just you put it in the garbage then. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to like call you out because how are yeah. you supposed to know? Call Edward out. I I don't I don't take any offense to it. I only take offense to Edward. <laughs> um, and maybe I shouldn't have spoiled you on that, but it's so just like overt that I I'm sure you would have noticed it here shortly, like within the next chapter. But I just in general, you even get it in this chapter, like he's kind of he kind of dehumanizes the humans around him. I mean, oh, yeah. we talked about this when we were reading Twilight, how he kept calling them children, and he does that again here, and it's like, they're normal people. Like, a little bit, actually, right in this section that we're in, um, a girl walks by and, like, waves her hair in front of the table, and Jasper, um, like, has, almost like, is very tempted by it, and then Alice is like, it helps a little if you think of them as people. I'm like, well, are they? If they're not people, they're literally people. What the fuck do you mean? I, I, I mean, I guess if you've been a vampire for so long, I mean, I think none of them have been a vampire as long as Edward, obviously, but it gets to a point where it's like, they're not people to them. Like, they can't ever have a relationship with them that makes them an equal or anything like that. So I kind of get it, but at the same time, it does sound, I don't like it. You know, like they are people like you can't deny that if you, if you removed yourselves as supernatural beings, the people over there are still people living their own lives, their own families, their own doing their own thing like, just because you guys are supernatural beings doesn't negate their lives and their humanity, you know? Definitely. So, moving on from that. Um, this is kind of when the quote-unquote first sight happens. Um, he hears Jessica's um, thoughts about how she's introducing, well, not introducing, but telling Bella about the colons and, like, the whole story of how they're foster children, blah, 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 that we were privy to in Twilight. Um, and first of all, justice for Jessica, because he's so fucking rude about her. I mean, maybe she is being rude towards Bella. That's definitely possible. I just hate what Stephanie Meyer did with um, 
Jessica's character in general, like in the movies, I, I've said this before, but in the movies, she's like way more well-rounded and nice. And I, I just feel like it's, we don't need a stereotypical mean girl. Like it's not necessary. It doesn't achieve anything in my opinion. <sighs> it's just stupid. But, and we already have that with that Lauren character. So it was like. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing if I were Bella, I mean, it's not like, like Edward is ever going to tell her like, oh yeah, Jessica was trashing on you the first time she ever met her. But like. I feel like the first time that I met new people at school, the first thing that I'm not thinking is like, oh, she has no chance. Oh, like she's not even that pretty. Like, oh, this, that, this, that. It's like, I think that a a 16, 17 year old girl is going to have a little more compassion than the character that you're trying to portray her as. Yes, definitely. So he mentions that Jessica is currently obsessed with Mike Newton, but was previously obsessed with him. I'm like, she, I saw this hilarious, I think it was a Tumblr post, might have been a tweet. God, I see so many memes. So I'm sorry I won't be able to credit the author because I have no idea how to find it. But someone, someone posted and it was like, just a random girl walking by Edward Cullen. Oh, wow, he's good looking. (laughs) And then it was like, Edward Cullen, why are all females obsessed with me. I was like, God, so true. I, before you even finished describing the meme, I knew where it was going. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yep. It's like, get over yourself. It's weird because he hates himself, but he also thinks he's the greatest. Look, we've all been there. (laughs) Can't say I have, but. I am currently president of that island. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Not uh, to compare myself to Edward, I think I have a little more empathy and compassion. And I don't refer to women as girls or females or anything like that, or sheep. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do like to think that I'm cool and also that people think about me. I mean, that's just me dreaming. <laughs> no, I feel that. That's relatable. Um, I think I'm really smart, but in all, the, all other aspects, I am a wolf. Have you seen that vine? <laughs> I, I'm currently, not that I'm currently living in that world. I just also, I just wanted to let you know that anytime you ever say, have you ever heard or seen that vine? The answer is yes. I've seen every vine that's ever been created. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad that we level with each other on that because I make so many references to them and no one ever knows what they are. <laughs> I know every single one. So happy. This is why we're friends. I mean, in other reasons too. Well, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um. So Edward realizes that he cannot hear Bella's thoughts, and he is absolutely shooketh to his core. Mm-hmm. The way he thinks is the basically what he thinks is happening is that he's like losing his power. He doesn't like. Which is odd to me because it's the first time it's ever happened to me. So he doesn't think like, oh, what's wrong with her? He thinks what's wrong with him. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. This this comes up a little later. Um, it's page 10. I don't know if you want me to skip ahead, but it's relevant. But basically, it's, it's when they're in the biology room together and he's still can't read her thoughts. And then he's like worrying about it, basically. And he says who would I be without what I could do? Because he's talking about like his role in the family as like the person who looks out for everyone. Like if someone's suspecting something, they can deal with it. Or if someone, if if someone is like 
really worried about something like they they can act basically basically his role is to keep the family safe by knowing what people are wondering about the family and i just felt like it's it's very almost human of him to be concerned and think like if i can't if i can't perform if i can't complete the thing that i'm supposed to be good at then what am i even good for like i just like i've had that that own feeling in my head like if i can't do this one thing then what am i even going to do you know it's like supernatural creatures are just as anxious as we are definitely definitely this man has mad anxiety (laughs) Mm -hmm. amongst others other things yes so like trying to dial in farther to bella's thoughts he kind of turns on it's almost like he's been tuning everyone out and now that he's concentrating so hard he can hear everyone's thoughts and I already know that you are going to say what I wanted to say, but can you just, can you just read, oh my gosh, sorry, what my notes say in all caps right there? We stand Angela. Yes. But all capitalized. We stand Angela. Mine's- because she has the purest thoughts and I just, I love her. Mm-hmm. Mine says love you, Angela. I, I really do. <laughs> She's amazing. And then later on, even when she is thinking about Bella, she's like, oh my gosh, she's probably like so, this probably is so hard for her. Like, she's so kind. Yeah, I, Angela is definitely a two, a type two, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so then he overhears Jessica telling Bella about Edward and how he doesn't date at the school. And Edward gets kind of this weird impulse to protect Bella from Jessica's, like, mean thoughts. Um, It's almost like an instinct. So before he kind of can contemplate this further, Rosalie's like, we should go to class. So they all get up and pretend to go to class. He says that Emmett, Rosalie, and Jasper are pretending to be seniors. And then him and Alice, well, he doesn't say Alice, but it's, I, I feel fine saying that him and Alice are pretending to be juniors. So he goes to biology. Yeah, I kind of got, I mean, I don't even know why. I think maybe just because I think that she's small. I just got the impression that she was a younger entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so Bella walks in, and this is before Edward gets a scent of her, so he feels bad for her that she has to sit by him all semester. So he, like, moves his books because normally he's just been sitting alone. And then she walks in front of the fan or the heater and all shit hits the fan. Literally, honestly, like it does hit the fan. But before we even get into that, I just want to just like put this out there because it's it's not important. But it kind of is, I feel like. Um, Let me me find the quote because it just had me. I literally was just like, I'm excuse me, what? Um, Okay, so it's it's in the middle of page nine and it's. Edward moping about how boring this class is going to be. And he goes, I headed off for my junior level biology lesson, preparing my mind for the tedium. It was doubtful. His whole vocabulary is so I'm smarter than you, which to be fair, you've had a hundred years to learn and to learn better vocabulary, I guess. But I feel like I know a lot of vocab words, but this is not how I think in my head. I'm just like, I like cheese. Like, that's like the thoughts that go on in my head, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. Anyways, 
It was doubtful Mr. Banner, a man of no more than average intellect, would manage to pull out anything in his lecture that would surprise someone holding two medical degrees. But then there's no, there's no explanation. Like, I'm sorry, what? You have two medical degrees? <laughs> is that, is that talked about later? I think so. I like, don't because like I know Carlisle is the doctor so it would it would make sense that Carlisle would have the medical degrees but like not never in Twilight is that talked about he never mentions that at all to Bella I'm like where did this come from didn't know you had medical degrees you know what I think it might not even be talked about until like the Twilight Illustrated Guide but yeah I mean they all have various degrees they've I mean we were talking about them being college students they've been college students like they've all they all have degrees um but I don't know if they ever like say it in actual canon the different degrees that they all have but yeah, yeah. I'm picturing I'm picturing them doing something and then Edward is like we have to open a tracheal episiotomy on him and then it's like I'm like, excuse me what oh yeah. like Grey's Anatomy sorry like yeah. And also, like, were your medical degrees from the 1800s? Because if so, well, he wasn't around back then. But I'm just like. Oh, I'm sorry. You have ADHD? The cure is leeches. The cure is cocaine. You have ghosts in your blood. Do cocaine about it. <laughs> the cats are just politely waiting for me to feed them, and I'm not going to do it. Tina has been waiting for me to feed her since 9 a.m. when she finished her breakfast. I'm like, Tina, this is never, when have I ever fed you dinner this early? No, you have to be patient. 9 a.m. At this point, I'm like, if you stop waking me up at 3.45, then maybe I'll feed you earlier. But until then, no thank you. That's where it's at, sis. So, anyways, this is when all the shit hits the fan. And I mean, there's like, what, probably eight pages of Edward just, um, like, picturing different ways to kill Bella. I mean, I, it's, it's dramatic, it's over the top, but, like, I get it. Like, I, it kind of, like, it helps me imagine what it's like to be a vampire. It helps me paint how hard this is for him. Like, I, I I like that it took so long for him to describe it all because I think that it's I think that it makes sense. Yeah, and it's animalistic and like very like strategic. I had to pull up this meme. Um this is from Tumblr user True Fangirl Heart. Um I'll, it's pictures, so I'm just showing it to Paige, but it is so funny. And I know that Alice doesn't like which, first of all, that's very unbelievable to me that Edward is plotting the murder of 20 people and Alice just doesn't see it, doesn't notice. I'm like, even if you were focusing on Jasper, you would fucking see that, but okay, whatever. Can you read this? Can you move it? Oh, uh, Edward. In biology class, plotting 647 different murder scenarios. Okay. <laughs> Alice in English class, watching that horror movie of possibilities. Yeah. And then there was another one where it was just a picture of Bella in that scene, and it was, like, Bella just vibing. <laughs> Bella afraid that her B.O. is bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's just sitting here planning it, and then he's like, okay, well, 
the whole time he's fighting, he's like, I don't want to be this monster. He thinks about Carlisle and how disappointed. But the thing is, he says that Carlisle would forgive him, but he just doesn't want to let Carlisle down this way because they've worked so hard to live, you know, their vegetarian lifestyle. So then he's like, okay, well, what if I just killed her? What if I lured her to the parking lot by herself? Or what if I waited till after school was over and went to her house and killed her by herself? And he's like fighting so hard to not do it. He breaks a piece off of his desk, as Paige said. Yeah, I have two notes. Um, That one happens on page 11. I wrote, how did no one see him destroy his desk? Like, I'm picturing myself in biology. God knows I wasn't paying attention any singular day. I'm looking around. If there's a hot guy in my class, I'm definitely looking at the hot guy. I would 100% watch him break his desk off and be like, what? Like, yeah. do, I need to, do I need to call, like, the police? I don't know. Um, but my other note, it was on page 10, because he's talking about... Um, he talks about everyone in the classes. He's like, I'm going to kill everyone. Like, and he's talking about like, well, do I kill everyone first? Because I don't want to kill her and have her blood get cold. And then it's not as good. And I've killed everyone for no reason. So if I'm going to kill everyone, like, how do I kill them? In what order to make sure that I kill Bill at last? Like, he's going through this whole thing, basically, on like the best way to kill everyone. And he refers to all of the other students and Mr. Banner as collateral damage. And when we were reading, <laughs> when we were reading Twilight, the like the very first or second chapter, you had asked, was he just straight planning on like killing everyone in that class? Because like, they're all like his age and like his, his peers. I'm like, well, there's your answer. Yes, he was. He was absolutely planning on doing that. Yes, two things. First of all, Paige laughed because my face was just like, my eyes were bugging out of my head at the term collateral damage. Also, I knew that he was planning on killing those people. I wanted to see what you thought. You laugh that I said collateral damage. That's literally, I wrote it in quotes because that's what he refers to them as. I know, it's bad, bro. Also, I just want to say (laughs) this is like really dark humor, so if the fans don't like it, I'm sorry, but... His whole thing, planning thing, is reminiscent of me when I'm like, I heat up my food and then I have to get my TV show to the right thing and I have to be like, okay, I have to sit perfectly in this chair and my pillow's nearby in case I need it and where's my water? Where's my water? So it's like my food isn't going to taste as good as if I don't have all these things lined up. I'm not going to waste eating time if it's not going to be supreme. Yeah. I literally have, I so today I took nine days off for the Christmas holiday time. I used all my vacation hours. I've been saving up all fucking year. So today is my last day off of the nine days. I went and bought an amazing sandwich from a local sandwich shop that I'm so excited for. And it's still sitting on my counter because I want to like have it for dinner and like set, like I want it to be the perfect dinner for like my last dinner on my last day off. So I get it. That's all I'm saying, Edward. I get it. (laughs) Me too. But also should that sandwich be in the fridge, Paige? I mean, it's hot. It was hot. I Well, maybe. I don't know. In the fridge. I'm worried. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna eat it. I'm gonna pop it back into the oven and warm it back up. So I'm, yeah. I don't kill any bacteria that's currently growing on it. Here's the thing. I didn't survive 24 years eating no bacteria. I'll have a little bacteria. I'll build my immune system. I'm not afraid to. Oh. I'm a little afraid too, because I do have an. I am immunocompromised. <laughs> 
Well. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, also, I want to point out, um, to kind of bring down the mood, sorry, but it's necessary. On page 13, in the middle, he's talking about Carlisle. There was no reason for a resemblance to exist between him and Carlisle. Carlisle was not my father in the basic biological sense. We shared no common features. The similarity in our coloring was a product of what we were. Every vampire was corpse pale. That's racist. Um, there is a lot of discourse in the Twilight fandom about how it is very interesting, and I'm using that inflection on the word interesting because by interesting I mean fucking horrible, that vampires are basically considered like perfect, beautiful, and the transformation process makes them white? Question mark? Question mark? The fuck? I also hate to, like, break this to Stephanie. Like, I'm sure you haven't seen a lot of dead people, but people of color who die, guess what? There's, like, like I get, like, you know, the blood leaves the vessels, but the skin pigmentation does not change. When you're a corpse, your skin is, like, if you're a person of color, you're still a person of color, you still have a pigment to your skin. Just because you're a corpse doesn't mean you're white. So you can, it doesn't make sense. It is, it's fucked up. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I just wanted to make sure we called it out. I mean, this will come back around as we meet the very few vampires of color that are in this series. I mean, we've already met Laurent, but it's not okay. It's just so, like, culty to me that it's, like, the cult of perfection makes you white. Ugh, it's disgusting. I also, it's just... Dude, it's, it's just dumbfounding to me that people can imagine a world where there's only white people. Like, the, that's not the world we live in. Like, just because it's the world you want it to be doesn't mean that's realistic at all. It, it doesn't make any sense. And it's it's unbelievable to think that you can have an entire fandom that would be okay with this, like, made-up ethnocentric society, basically. And also, wanting a world completely full of white people puts you on par with Hitler. Zeet. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> all right, well... They finally get through this horrible hour of class, and Edward goes and hides in his car. Um, Not to interject myself, but I, I really, really loved that imagery. I loved that so much, because in all of Twilight, you see Edward as this, like, masculine, huge, strong, I'm, I have more power than you, like, I am the superior, like, nothing you do will ever be as, like, powerful as what I can do, like, I'm the one who's in control of restraining myself, but this scene, it, like, it totally grounds him and elevates Bella into this whole area of power that you don't see her in in Twilight. Like, you don't see this background of Edward feeling completely powerless, basically. And I loved that. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things about reading these two books back to back is going to be how just 
And I feel like we talked about this before we ever started recording for this podcast, but just how like delusional they are about each other. Like they both think each is like the apex of intelligence and beauty and majesty. And they both think of themselves as like total idiots. And it's so funny because it's just like, <laughs> you guys just need to like talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's sitting in his car trying to figure out what he wants to do. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to let this nobody his words, not mine, ruined my life. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to completely avoid her and just continue on as if this never happened. So he decides to go to the office and try to change his schedule, which is, again, we, it's weird because I feel like, oh, like we're crossing back in, like to what we know, you know, it's like in and out, in and out of like the story that you know. But in like a really gross way of like manipulating an adult woman to do what you want. Oh, yes. In this scene, definitely. I just mean um, the various parts that we knew about already and then the parts that we didn't. But yeah, I just wanted to interject that grossness in there. Yeah, it's disgusting. Ugh. And it's like, also the part where he's like, I'm old enough to be her grandfather. I'm like, not physically. <laughs> just saying. So, yeah, he tries to manipulate the receptionist whose name is Mrs. or Miss Cope. Um to like change the schedule for him so that he doesn't have to interact with Bella anymore. And she's like, I really can't because there's not room in the other class. Like, um, and Edward's like, well, maybe I could just do independent study. And she basically is like, I can't do it. But even though she wants to, because he's being gross and manipulative. So while he's in the office, as we know, Bella comes in to turn in her stupid little slip and he about loses his shit again, which Here's what I will say. If the temptation is as strong as he's making it out to be, obviously I have no frame of reference because I don't drink blood. Um, I do think it's admirable that he controls himself in both situations. I agree. I I think it's admirable that they have enough strength. I mean, you see Jasper struggling, but four of them to be able to go to a high school with like 300 students every single day and not and Carlisle being a literal doctor like that whole family is is so impressive but to know that Bella literally smells like a quarter pounder with cheese every single day like I mean come on yeah it's crazy (laughs) um so he doesn't do anything he just gets the hell out of there um and he keeps referring to Bella as kind of like, doesn't he say like, um, his personal demon or whatever? Yeah, it's on page twenty-one. My own personal demon tormenting me. Like that's kind of fucked up that he calls his like inevitable soulmate that. But whatever. Also, I want my soulmate to call me that because I want to be so powerful. <laughs> I. I can, I can definitely see that. Like when I'm laying in my own bed alone (laughs) and I'm like just daydreaming about or night dreaming, I guess just dreaming about (laughs) like different scenarios and stuff. I can see it like being haunted, but like in a good way about like the things that you want to happen. I can see it. I mean, I, I can't see it to the extreme that Edward is feeling, but I get the sentiment. Yeah, retweet girl. <laughs> so when he, by the time he gets back to the car, also sorry if you hear my cats running around. They are just, they're on some dumb shit. They're playing, they're having fun. They don't get exercise enough. I'm just gonna let it happen. <laughs> um, so he gets back to the car and his siblings, quote unquote, are already there. And they're all like, what the fuck is going on? 
because he's acting so fucking crazy and so they get into the car he starts driving and alice sees what's what's happened which like thanks for nothing alice but whatever um so she whispers you're leaving and so obviously jasper rosalie and emmett like have no idea because they can't read minds they can't see the future so they're like what's going on i mean jasper probably feels a lot of tension but he doesn't know what the source is i'm thinking Um, emmett is thinking about cheeseburgers like i i don't know like they're all like Edward's acting really weird right now. Like, I don't know. And Alice is like, oh my God, Edward was thinking about killing someone. And then Emmett is like in the back seat looking out the window, like, oh man, Sonic. That sounds so good. I mean, I know they don't eat, but like, <laughs> that is what I'm picturing. Yes, I think that's spot on. Um, besides the food thing, but yeah, general sentiment. <laughs> um, so then she says, you're leaving. And then Edward's kind of surprised because he's like, am I? And then. Alice's visions kind of shift again and um, they both see Bella dead and you know Edward kind of luring her out of her kitchen well not luring her but like stalking her from the shadows basically and Edward's like stop 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 please cut cut the tape cut the tape here's the thing is that like in Twilight we know that he's literally been breaking into her house like pretty much like every day so it's like seeing that it's like it's a little believable i'm not i'm not i'm not unsurprised that alice is seeing this i think it happens at one point girl strap in you ain't even ready for that shit i am not i'm not looking forward to it (laughs) so um then her vision shifts again and it just basically shows edward driving away and he's and she says i'll miss you um and then he kind of drops them off um, like a little bit of ways away from their home so that he knows Alice will explain everything. Um, and Alice tells Edward to go see Carlisle to tell him what's going on. And she's like, you will do the right thing. She's Charlie Swan's only family. It would kill him too. Um, so then Edward kind of tears off into the, into the distance. Um, the last couple lines are, I wasn't sure where I was going to say goodbye to my father or to embrace the monster inside me. The road flew away beneath my tires. And that's the end of the chapter. Did you have notes we didn't cover? I feel like you probably did. I, a few notes, some of them don't really matter. Like, um, uh, on page three, Edward comments that there's like a girl that walks by him and doesn't even know. And he's like, these humans are so oblivious. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. If someone told me right now, hey, by the way, vampires have been real this whole time. Like, just just so you know, it's been a whole thing this whole time. I would have no, it would be a complete shock. No idea. Supernatural beings are not a thing that exists. So it's not really fair for you to be degrading to people who like, like, Yes, they're oblivious, but, like, supernatural beings are not, like, something that you should just think, like, well, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like, it's rude to be, like, they're so dumb. You know, they don't even know. It's like, well, come on. It's a little outlandish to think, like, that this could be real, you know? So that was one note, but I was just like, whatever, Edward's being a dick. Wait, Um, can I add on to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like Edward has major main character syndrome. Like, he thinks everyone else's worlds revolve around them. It's like, I always have to tell myself, like, when I'm out and I feel like my outfit isn't cute or I, like, see myself in the mirror and I'm like, I've looked like that all day. I have to remind myself, like, 
no one cares like no one's even gonna remember what you were wearing at all no one even notices if they notice it they forget it 10 seconds later like I feel like Edward is like everyone notices me how do they not realize that I am the skin of a killer or whatever and it's like can you relax this girl probably has a calc test and she's fighting with her boyfriend she has better shit to worry about like yeah, she's oblivious because she's worrying about more important things than your pasty, ashy ass. That's all I'm saying. Yes! <laughs> Anyways, what's your next one? I'm trying to think. Um, Let's see. We talked about the desk. On page 14, um, it's, again, him being a dick. He's basically blaming... I said the third paragraph, so I'm just going to read it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's when Bella shows up to class, basically. Why did she have to come here? Why did she have to exist? Why did she have to ruin the little peace I had in this non-life of mine? Why did this aggravating human ever be... Why did she ever have to be born? She would ruin me. It's like, thank you for putting all of your own problems and the blame onto someone else when it's none of their fault whatsoever. Like this is, this is all you, my friend. You don't need to be blaming other people for you wanting to murder them. She had no control over this. You are the one who has the control and you're the one who like wants to commit these acts of violence. So I I get that you're like trying to like compartmentalize this and then put it off to someone else but I I hate to break it to you but this is on you my friend perfect delivery no notes and then my last thing it's not it's not a drag it was just an interesting observation so on page three it's when they're in the lunchroom and Edward is talking about how they have to like think about doing small actions so they can pass as human basically like oh right I have to like look this way oh right I should like move the hair out of my eyes or something like he's talking about basically like they could just sit there and it would be fine but if anyone were to look it would look very bizarre Mm -hmm. and it, it immediately made me think of when Jasper Alice and Bella are in the hotel together and Jasper and Alice have nothing to hide and they literally just sit there completely frozen looking at a tv not absorbing any information just literally just sitting there because they they don't have to be a fake version of themselves they can just be their supernatural beings and, and even Bella thinks like it's kind of weird that they're just kind of doing that like they look so bizarre right now so it, it's I can see the comparison between the two like they're like oh yeah we have to be doing this because people are gonna think we're weird and to prove that point in Twilight Bella's like yeah they look fucking weird right now <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it'd be very jarring to see someone just, like, never moving. Like, have you ever, like, when, like, when teachers would do, like, meditation with us in high school, they'd be like, do not move. I would always move. Because I can't, it's hard. Mm -mm, I can't do it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a really good observation. That was, that was all your notes? Yeah, we got it. Everything else got brought up or I made it to be brought up. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I was telling Paige before we started recording, um, that we're probably going to be doing one chapter at a time for this 
for at least the foreseeable future, because this is a long, big book. The print is small, the book itself is big, and it's a lot of pages, so there's just a lot to cover. So for next week, we're just going to be doing chapter two, which is called Open Book, same thing it was called in Twilight. Um, what are your predictions for this chapter, Paige? And not that you remember, but what happens in Open Book in Twilight? <sighs> I believe it's just like, Edward's gone, and then um, he comes back, and he's, like, weirdly nice to her. I believe that's what happens. Okay, well, my very first thought is that I do remember in Twilight that he mentions that he goes to Alaska um, at some point. I don't know if that's going to happen in this chapter, but my very first thought is that, you know, he is going home to talk to Carlisle. I think that open book, I think that he's going to open up to Carlisle, explain what's going on, like what he's experiencing. And I feel like Carlisle is going to be honest with him and explain like, oh yeah, like this is a thing that happens or, oh, this is what you should do. And him, him being open and honest about <laughs> what he's experiencing in terms of Bella smelling so juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm just jumped into the frame, which is why Paige was laughing. Yeah. I like that. Um, cool. I guess we did it, folks. We're officially in Midnight Sun. Um, so we hope everybody had a safe and happy new year. Um, we're on social media. We're on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at Taft Pod. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. Uh, got anything else, Paige? Um, hey, guys. I just want to say, it's 2021. can't believe you guys made it. We all made it this far. And guess what? We're going to kill it. Not not like humans. Please, do not do not murder. But kill it like the year. Like, you're going to do great. Yep, I can't add on to that at all. So, I fully agree. So, I guess we'll sign off for now. But we'll see you next week for Chapter 2 of Midnight Sun. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>